Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis at 5 o'clock uh, show, the number one show in the whole East Coast right now. And uh, with us today, we have a common sense Democrat, Judge Richard Weinberg, a common sense uh, Republican. Uh, I, I'm not going to say former Congressman Peter King. I hate to say that word, former. And Tony Carbonetti, former, former chief of staff. How are you, John? Former chief of staff to Rudy Giuliani and and my sidekick here, Lydia Serrani. And uh, now the, the breaking news that just came in that the GOP representatives in Pennsylvania uh, just impeached the DA from. Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Does that mean we're going to have more law and order? Well, well, it has to be convicted first in the state senate. Maybe we'll send this to the impeachment is just the accusation. It'll be a trial before the state senate of Pennsylvania. Right. right. The impeachment matter goes to the state senate, which will require then a two-thirds right. vote to remove Larry Krasner from office of the GOP-led effort, calling well, it a crisis of crime. Then, then, then it's just another game because I don't think. The GOP in Pennsylvania has two-thirds of no, the vote. nowhere near it. But it does send a signal, and it can mobilize public support, you would hope. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now uh, we have Senator, a winner. From- oh, again, a winner. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. Congratulations, sir. Welcome to Cats at Night. Well, guys, uh, thanks. Hope you're doing well. Hey, Ron, this is Pete King, a former congressman. Let me just at the start congratulate you on your win and tell all, all the listeners what a great job you had done when I was down there and you were chairman of the Homeland Security Committee. You're a real patriot, and I'm really delighted that you won. Well, I appreciate that, Pete, and we miss you. I enjoyed working with you. Uh, tell us, uh, Senator, uh, why uh, in the Senate it seems like we missed that red wave. Give us your interpretation of what do you think happened. Well, yeah, I can really only speak for Wisconsin. And, you know, I think abortion in Wisconsin played into the uh, election to a greater extent than we hoped it would. Um, and in particular, and again, we're, we're, we'll do a full audit on, on the campaign and really take a look where the votes came in. By no election night, what uh, we were most concerned about was the very high turnout and returns from Madison. And we'd caught word that uh, apparently Democrats and, you know, ballot harvesting is kind of a um, gray issue in Wisconsin. Uh, I, I would say it's not legal, but uh, it's just not clear enough, and we don't have a governor that will sign the laws to bring clarity to it. So we were told the Democrats uh, you know, re- really got a bunch of field workers, gave them a list of 10 people, go out you know, on the abortion issue and you know, round up their absentee ballots. And they just really uh, almost overwhelmed what we were able to do. And, by the way, this is a phenomenon and a challenge for us nationally. You've, you've all seen the national maps, right? The county maps where it was all red, red, except for the concentration of the blue dots. Well, every state's like that too. So the Democrats have such a huge advantage in a world where you can put field staff on and basically collect ballots or you know register voters, whatever. They can concentrate all their efforts in a very small geographic area. We've got to go collect 30 percent of the ballots in all the rural areas, you know, in onesies and twosies. So just that, that right there is a very, um, very big challenge. Plus, the Democrats lie with impunity. I mean, their entire campaign against myself, the governor, I'd say everybody nationwide was nothing but a pack of lies, all amplified by complicit and corrupt media. So uh, to me, that's kind of in a nutshell what happened in Wisconsin. Um, 
we kind of dodged a bullet here, but uh, we need we need to learn some real lessons, and that's kind of the discussions we're having right now in the in the U.S. Senate. Uh, Senator, it's, do to- real forensic- it's Tony Carbonetti. How are you? Um, when good. you say Madison, were, were they preying on the the students on abortion and? And uh, giving back the the um, 10, student loans. Dollars. The loan forgiveness, right? Well, we talked about yeah, the ten thousand yeah. yesterday. That he promised President Biden promised all these students ten thousand dollars, something that even Nancy Pelosi could not said that could not be delivered. But right. no, the students didn't the, know that. Right, and again, we, this is where we have to really dive in the numbers. But mm-hmm. that's what we think. You know, just Madison in general is very liberal, but in particular, you start uh, going down there and registering. Uh, college students that, you know, let's face it, what, what, what in, in the polls, you know, when they break out demographically, Republicans are weakest with college graduates. Yeah, you know, again, and po- you know, people with higher degrees, the, the mm-hmm. more you're, the more educated you are, the more indoctrinated you are to leftist views. That's just the unfortunate state of affairs right now with the radical left taking over the university systems back in the 60s. They have get, total control uh, of them. Uh, Senator, it's, it's Judge Richard Weinberg, and I'm a quasi-distinguished alumnus of the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I don't want to give away uh, the date, but it's a, it's a long time ago, sometime after the War of 1812. And, but I will tell you, sir, it was always that way in Madison. It always had a left-wing contingent, and the, the, uh, the academy there was that way. There was an exception. I had a communications professor, Dreyfus, who later became the governor, and uh, he was the one conservative I remember in terms of the faculty. So right. they, they promised all the college students $10,000, plus you can have all the sex you want because you can have an abortion. <laughs> Ron, without going into any detail, I wouldn't ask you that, but uh, what can you tell us about the leadership uh, fight today between McConnell and Scott? I guess I wouldn't call it a fight. Uh, it, it was a very necessary and I would say very helpful discussion. I, I appreciate the fact that uh, Rick put himself out there. And, you know, I can just tell you the sense of the, of the conference is, uh, you know, we all appreciate the discussion. You know, for my part, I'm, I'm brutally honest. And, you know, I'm a business guy, so you have to take a look at failure. And you, you, have, you have to look back to diagnose what happened. You have to admit there's a problem if you're ever going to go forward. And, and we had that over the last few days. And it was, it was, it was a very helpful and necessary discussion. And you know, I, th- I think we, you know, left unified, understanding that it's going to be out, up to Republicans in Congress to save this nation because the Democrats are destroying it. So we, we understand how important things are. You know, we, we want to concentrate on Herschel Walker. We want to make sure that he gets elected because it'll be a lot easier if it's a 50-50 Senate. First of all, 2024, that's one less seat we're going to have to win back. Uh, we just might be able to block some of the more, more radical uh, choices. So again, you guys, I, really, th- there was there was no acrimony, even though we were That's talking to very bluntly and honestly with people, having that blunt and honest discussion. Uh, we un- we understand our role, and and we also understand there's a broad spectrum of opinion in that conference. That's true, um, but we we understand how important Republicans' unification and having a strategy and having a game plan and having a message and having what we're for as we move forward. I mean, these are all the things we talk. We've got to have a lot more discussions, but that's what we talked about over the last couple of days. It really set the, set the scenes for what we need to do working then cooperatively with the House where they have a majority. Senator, what do you think last night's announcement, uh, and what impact will that have on the Georgia race? 
I'm, I'm, I have no idea. I really don't. I'm, I'm hoping people focus on, on how important that race is. Let's face it, the presidential election is two years off, okay? So we do need people to focus on Georgia and bringing that one home for Herschel Walker, for Republicans, so we have a 50-50 split. Uh, it's just crucial. And, you know, I'm, I'm concerned, you know, uh, Herschel's got to raise the funds, uh, but he needs the support. I'm hoping the Governor Kemp, I hope, hope his grassroots effort gets fully engaged. I hope they understand how crucial this is, not for Georgia, but for U.S. Now, all, all these U.S. Senate seats are really national races. So people got to get behind Herschel. We've got to bring him, bring him uh, a victory. Ron, going forward in the Senate this year or next year, do you see any hope of dealing with uh, Joe Manchin and Cinema, or are they sort of going to stick with the Democrats, do you think? Well, you know, th- they already displayed their political courage in not destroying the Senate by caving on the filibuster. Now, it would be insane for Democrats to blow up, eliminate the filibuster when they don't even have the House. But this is a radical bunch. And they may want. They may have such a desire. That's one of the reasons 50-50 is a lot easier. If it's 51-49, I would still be concerned about that filibuster. So, you know, they are. They already showed their political courage. I don't see either one of those two going back on on their commitment to preserving the Senate in its traditions and maintain that filibuster. So that you have to have a large vote to do large things. That's the unique thing about the filibuster. You know that, Pete. Senator Ron Johnson, we've been seeing a lot of infighting, I guess a lot of blaming this Republican against that Republican. What do you have to say? Do you think it's time for the party to unite? And because at the end of the day, we all have the same goal to, to take our country back from the, the radical left. Yes, and I think that's exactly what we did over the last couple of days in the Senate. Uh, you know, there, there, were, there were maybe a couple of harsh comments Um but that was on day one. Day two, I think everybody kind of realized, okay, let's. This is the time to start uniting. We're, we still we still had a very robust discussion. I mean, our our, our leadership election lasted. Uh, we didn't even start the the elections for a couple hours because we continued to discuss things. So again, all, all I can tell you is we we had exactly that type of uh, discussion, uh, that that type of process that was necessary. But but we left, and I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, you could just see relief might be one thing, but just a determination. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, just, you know, pe- people were, were in good moods. I mean, it's, we're, we're in a rotten mood because we don't have the majority. But I think we left in a very unified state of mind, and that's a good thing. Ron, are you ever going to have an easy election? I remember in 2016 you were counted out and you won. This year, they had you up there as being in really tough shape. Somehow, you always managed to win. Well, this year, he was supposed to be eight points ahead, and I'm glad he won. No, but as it's coming down the wire, they had, had Ron as being one of the real questionable races, and he wins. In 2016, they had said you couldn't win, and you won. So you know how why? do you do it? He worked so hard. I've never seen a U.S. senator work as hard as uh, Senator Johnson. I believe that. Well, I, I like to think it's because I tell people the truth. And yes. Yeah, well, one of our polling results is, you know, I had a majority of Wisconsinites, even when my fave unfaves were, were underwater because of the relentless attacks on the media, you know, more than half the people thought I was reasonable. And so I'm not a bomb floor, thrower. I think I, you know, my, my discussions are generally in moderate tones and stuff. So I, I don't think I scare people. I think people think I'm reasonable, but they, they realize they may not agree with me, but they know I'm telling them what I believe. They, they know that I'm telling them what I believe is the truth, okay, even if they disagree with it. 
So I, I think that that means something. Yeah, I, I won my first two elections by 100,000 votes each. This one I won by 26,000 votes. So it's, it's always going to be close. I mean, the percentages may change, but it's it's Wisconsin. It's dead even. I just don't pay attention to the polls. I just always view them as a dead even race and just work my tail off because that's what you have to do to win. Senator Johnson, thank you. Congratulations and thank you for coming on. And you you you're correct. You tell the American people the truth. And uh, you, you're the hardest working senator I know, and, and uh, we're going to have to go on a hard break. But, but thank you so much again, and we'll catch up again real soon. Thank you, Ron. Thank you and your audience. Take thank care. Uh, let's go to a break right now. When we come back, we're going to find out what the markets are doing. we got uh, Charlie Gasparino. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.